Hey everybody, this episode of the Music Retail Show is brought to you by the Thimble Slide. Join the Thimble Slide revolution and free your finger. The Thimble Slide is a mini guitar slide designed to be worn on the tip of your finger. Worn there, you can still bend your knuckle and the angled front edge allows enough finger through so you can still press the strings. With its patented shape, you can slide and fret while wearing the Thimble Slide. Visit Thimbleslide.com. That's Thimbleslide.com. I picked one up this past spring. I love it and I use it all the time and you should too, so visit Thimbleslide.com. Welcome to the Music Retail Show. Having conversations about the musical instrument industry to take you and your business farther. The Music Retail Show. Today on the Music Retail Show, we've got Scott Marquardt of Stringjoy. Man, what a great guy. He started this company five years ago, and it's been growing by leaps and bounds, and he's coming to the studio to tell us all about it. If you're a fan of this company, you need to check out this episode. We'll see you on the other side. All right, we are starting another episode of the Music Retail Show, and Richard, I was actually just sitting here thinking that, is this going to be the last episode of the summer season? I mean, I know we've got some stuff lined up for after well, September twentieth. When, when does September twentieth? I'm just sitting here thinking this might be the last episode of the six, official summer. I guess I think September twenty fourth. Twenty fourth. We've got we've got a really cool so that'll guest. be the fall. So that'll, be, that'll yeah. be the fall one. That'll be the first. Should we fall announce one. who the fall one is? Well, yeah. Uh, no, we should not. We our producer oh. just said no. Okay. <laughs> so. Well, we're gonna do it before it's over, and he'll just have to clip it out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm afraid I would get the name wrong, but anyways, anyways. But, uh, I guess we're. Uh, Maybe we're still trying to line stuff up. Our people are talking to their people, yeah. and uh, things that like makes that. me feel important when I say that. Anyway, so we've got uh, we've got a great guest great here, guest, a yes. local friend of ours, uh, yeah. a part of the family here in Nashville, Tennessee. We got Scott Marquardt. Scott, awesome to have you here. Thanks with, so much for having me, guys. With String Joy, with you. yeah, String Joy, uh, great company that we've all come to know and find out about over the last year or so, and uh, we're excited you're here. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. But before yeah. we jump in we have to talk about something cool he doesn't know about this but he's gonna know about it (laughs) and that's we've got these new uh mic stands oh these are new Uh, yeah Yeah, these are brand new new from kevin over at hercules sent us a love package and yeah that sounds that doesn't sound very love package let's (laughs) let's rephrase that what 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 can we call it I don't know, but love package sounds Man, like I, I like need to that. get one in the mail. It's an wow. upgrade over a care package. <laughs> wow, I need one sent to my house. That's right. <laughs> but anyways, uh, he sent us a gift package. Yes. Is that better? Yeah, gift package uh, sounds great. Yeah, man, I feel awkward now. All right. But these are awesome stands, so all the music stores out there, everybody listening uh, and the people watching, take a look at Hercules. They make great guitar stands, music stands, mic stands, everything. Great yeah. company. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah. We really appreciate it. But anyways, let's yeah. dive in before I say something stupid. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But, uh, well, we'll see what other love packages we can find during this episode. <laughs> wow. You know, but uh, no, I, and I'll, I'll, I'll second that. Just uh, the, these are great. If you are if you need guitar stands, kick drum, we were even saying kick drum stands. Yeah. Any yeah. kind of stands. But, but I think as far I may as, take one home. Yeah, but as far as the podcast, these at work absolutely perfect for yeah. the mics, and we appreciate that. So, but man. I think he felt sorry for us because our other ones didn't match. Yeah, I know. So anyways, let's quit we talking about it. We <laughs> Scott, we're glad you're here. I'm, we're, I'm we're glad talking you about you, stands. man. Yeah. These look perfect. <laughs> Scott, what do you think about the stands? No, I think they're great. Yeah. It'd be good for a snare, good for a kick, any, any yes. like, tight place. Absolutely, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. 
Speaking of uh, tight places, <laughs> String Joy. Uh, great what company. a segue. I know, yeah. I know. Wow. I know. We're Something batting like, like zero, zero today. But yeah. uh, that's okay. I guess you have to. It's have early. Day. We'll warm up. We'll, we'll get some rats that's in right. there. It'll be perfect. That's yeah. right. Hey, so String Joy is a great company. I actually learned through a mutual friend of ours, Charlton, who's been on yeah. the, uh, the yeah. show uh, multiple times. Uh, but man, it's been a pleasure to meet you and get to know what you guys do. So we're really excited about yeah. diving into what I your am. company yeah. is, where you came from. I'm and, excited uh, to talk about it. Likewise, I mean, it's, it's so cool, all the, the community that we have here in Nashville of yeah. different guitar builders or, yeah. um, I'm not sure what you guys would call yourselves, um, guitar restoration. And you, know, yeah. you do everything, so yeah. to speak. Um, you know, and pedal builders and all that. It's so cool to know everybody and get to mm -hmm. meet more folks. What a cool city it is. Yeah, yeah. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, there is there is a lot going on here. I know mm -hmm. there's a lot of, uh, I don't know, startup companies. Mm -hmm. You know, um, that uh, it, it's fascinating what people are coming up with. So, oh, yeah. And it is a pleasure to be around here in Music City where you get to kind of experience a lot of it firsthand. Yeah, yeah I agree. I think the economy's doing well and everybody's kind of getting adventurous and hopping out. And although you've been doing it for a while, so yeah. why don't you share with us a little bit of the history of String Joy? Cause, Absolutely. Because uh, to be honest with you, I'm a drummer, so <laughs> my questions are going to be from a different world. Totally. But when, when you talk about strings... I don't get very excited, but I got real excited because uh, we have a mutual friend. Tell me how excited you get about strings <laughs> and how much they mean to you. And I'm into people that are passionate in what they do, so I'm excited for that reason. Totally. I know strings are a huge part of a guitar player's arsenal. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about the history of the company and what you got going on. Yeah, absolutely. So that, that was a great way to start us off because you know I, I think it's kind of embedded in the name. Um, we want to make strings that make people excited and make people mm -hmm. happy and make them want to pick up their guitar. And I get emails from people all the time that are like, I put on your strings and I didn't put my guitar down for eight hours, you know, wow. and that's that's what we want to create, right? Mm -hmm. um, strings have existed as long as guitars have, of course, but I think for most of that time, they've always just been something of a commodity. Mm -hmm. You go and you grab a pack. I think people probably view them like toothpaste. You know, yeah. you look at the, the big wall and you're like, I don't know if... These all look different. Maybe they're all the same. I have yeah. no real idea. Yeah. But you grab whatever it is, and that's what you use. Um, you know, we want to be a little bit different about that. So um, basically, Stringjoy started five years ago. Uh, initially, as just a side project for me. Um, I'd been a player and did a lot of recording work and you know all sorts mm -hmm. of little stuff, gigging around town and such. Um, and I'm a nerd, so every part of my guitar rig, I was you know whether it's pedals or amps or like my pickups and my guitar or whatever, I was trying to kind of customize everything. Yeah. Um, and at some point along the line, probably when I was 18 or 19, uh, I started wondering about my strings. I was playing, I think, the Dario at the time, 10 to 46 or whatever. Um, so I started messing around with a wound third because I was playing Gibsons and the G was just never quite right for mm -hmm. me. I popped on a wound 20 and that worked really well. And then I started screwing around. I put a 48 on the bottom and that worked really well. Um, Basically, I was like, huh, there's kind of a whole world here that I can't really access. So for me, what I had to do to do that back in the day was buy two or three different sets of strings or try to find some singles from yeah. different stores or whatever, mix them and match them and make the sets that I wanted, which was pretty expensive, you know, even to get cheap strings to buy three sets to make one set. Yeah. That's kind of a pain. Um, so, you know, years later, after college, I worked in artist management in the music biz and then got out of that and knew I wanted to do something a little bit closer to, you know, supporting the players themselves. Um, and so I was kind of thinking, what problems do I have? What, what issues do I, that I can scratch? And I, I, for months kind of looked around my whole life and tried to see what there was that I could fix. And then finally it dawned on me. I was like, oh, well, this thing that I've been doing with guitar strings yeah. for forever, mm -hmm. I can't find any custom strings. I wonder if there's any other crazy people like me out there that 
like to do this and have the same kind of struggle that I have. So initially, I just kind of started up uh, an e-commerce website. I had a little bit of experience in uh, website development through what I was doing in the music industry. Um, kind of started that up, and then I contacted a guitar string manufacturer and was like, hey, man, I have like 500 bucks. <laughs> I was bartending <laughs> at the time. It's like, can you sell me like a dozen of every gauge that you make? You know, And I just want to kind of like put this up and see if it solves anybody else's problems. If nothing yeah. else... I'll get to screw around with a bunch of guitar strings. Yeah. Um, so he did, you know, and I sold through those 12 and ordered another 12. And really, I mean, it was just like, you know, the smallest dollar amounts back in the day. I'd get one order and be elated. Um, but, you know, pretty quickly, we kind of started picking up a little bit of steam. Yeah. A lot smaller than we are now. But, you know, that that first month, we did about $1,000 in sales, which wow. to me, I was like, wow, that's, yeah, you know. For guitar strings, that's a lot. Yeah, if we're doing it in my attic, it was like, that's yeah. that's not bad, right? Um, so, you know, we started gaining steam on the custom side. Um, and along the way, what was interesting was, you know, I started getting really into these actual strings themselves that I was getting from the manufacturer. So I'd say like, hey, could you make this 52 a little different? Make it with a thinner core. Like, why did the ends of these look kind of sloppy? There's like some wire hanging out here. Can we like break that off? All these little things, I got really, really particular with him. For a while, he played ball. And then pretty quickly, mm -hmm. he was like, this is stupid. I'm done with your, <laughs> all your details. I'll sell you a couple of machines. You can make them however the heck you want to make really? them. Really? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I was like, okay, yeah, heck yeah. I, I'd love to make my own So strings. he offered to sell you the machines. Yeah, not, like, not everything he had, but a couple of older yeah, ones. Needed wow. a little bit of work. Wow. Um, you know, I got a, got a small loan, um, bought those, and then, you know, kind of set up shop. Yeah. Um, and what was interesting was I'd, I'd become a geek enough already about strings that I already, you know, he, he gave me some training and I was able to kind of already start about where he was. Mm -hmm. But there were, I had this long list of things that I wanted to improve about my strings that I couldn't get him to do or uh, anybody else yeah. to do, you know, in terms of the accuracy of how they're wound, how, mm. how thick they are exactly. You know, if you pull a guitar string that's like a 46 from pretty much any manufacturer, it might be a 455 at one end of the string. It might be a 465 at another end of the string. Um, you know, your guys back here that cut nut slots, I'm sure, have this issue all the time where you cut something for a 46 and then, huh, this 46 is a little bit too big somehow. <laughs> um, yeah. So I wanted to get really, really, you know, specific about that, you know, for our strings, we, we, a 46 should be, you know, 0 0.0460 or at most 0 0.0461, right? Yeah. Um, so things like that, things like the breaking off of the twist, things like exactly the angle that we're winding the string at so that you have an even amount of mass across the entire string. All the stuff I was able to put into practice, you know. Let's and, go back and talk yeah. about the gauges because um, mm -hmm. I find that interesting. Um, and I don't want you to you know we're not we're not talking negative of a manufacturer so i don't no, want sure. to uh, come across like that's what i'm asking mm -hmm. but do you think the reason why some people do that is just cuz they don't have time they've got 10,000 sets they got to make they've got a lot going on and so you have the luxury of of being a little more meticulous yeah. and and truly a little more custom mm -hmm. um, where the other strings are great strings there's mm -hmm. a lot of great manufacturers mm -hmm. out there but you have just a little bit different angle is that accurate absolutely yeah so i mean when we got into it because we were starting so small which is kind of atypical in the string world it's usually huge companies we were able to look at like to me i'm like if if somebody just wants strings that work fine there's a million options for them mm -hmm. right so if we want anybody to play our strings they have to be as good as possible. Like I'm not making any, when I'm looking at a decision, I'm never picking like, well, this will get us about 90% of the way there in half the time. You know, mm -hmm. that, that can't be what I sure. do. I have to make yeah. the best stuff or else 
go play somebody else's strings. Yeah, There's sure, tons sure. of them out there, right? Yeah. Um, so you're exactly right. You know, for us, it takes a lot longer to make a string than a lot of the big guys. Depending on who you're looking at, it might be 10 times as long to make a string. Now, uh, go through the process of the gauge yeah. difference from start to finish mm-hmm. um, and how you measure that and what that process is, because I find totally. that very intriguing. Yeah, so the actual like finish gauge comes from two different things. One is the combination of core wire and wrap wire that you're mm-hmm. using, which there's, you know, take a 46. There's a couple different ways to make that. You can use a thinner core and a thicker wrap wire, a thicker core and a thinner wrap wire. Um, little aside, um, back in the day, back in the 60s, what they would pretty much always do is use the thickest core possible with really thin wrap wire because your mm. nickel wrap is a lot more expensive than your steel core. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, so you'd have strings that were really stiff and just didn't play well. But to oh. them, it was 100% cost. You know, as long as sure. it got to that 46 yeah. size, gotcha. that's all that mattered. Yeah. Right. Where, you know, a lot of your tone's more coming from your wrap wire. Um, but so that's, that's number one. You can make different choices there that everything will end up being the same size, but it's going to play super different and sound different. Um, the second thing is how much torque is being applied to the wrap wire in the process. I'm getting nerdy on you, I know. No, 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 that's um, what we so, want. So if you look at something like a, we'll just keep using a 46 yeah. as an example. Uh, if you add up the wrap wire and the core wire that goes into that, you'll get 47 because you want to apply torque to the wrap wire to kind of compress tight. it down yeah. tight mm-hmm. around the, that core wire. Mm-hmm. Exactly how much torque you're applying makes the difference as to exactly how thick that finished string is going to be at each point in the process. A lot of the old systems and some that are still used by even some larger manufacturers basically use this kind of janky system of pulleys (laughs) that (laughs) torque things down. Mm -hmm. And so that's why you'll see across a finished string differences in that, in that thickness. Now they're minute, that string will still resonate, but you know, if you picture a string, you know, an ideal string in physics is going to be, you know, perfectly project your waveform yes. of whatever note you're playing, right? Um, when you have differences in thickness, or yeah. really anything else, differences in mass across that Different string, sound waves. it's going to slightly impede that wow. sound wave. You'll still get an E, yeah, yeah. but it might yeah, not yeah. be, you know, the truest be E-ish. E. Right? Yeah. Uh, and you know, it, no matter what, a physical product will never be exactly the same as a computer model. It'll never be perfect, but we try to get it as perfect as possible. Is this the science that's behind the ever elusive G string? <laughs> is that's, that what's going that's on? That's a piece or? of it. Yeah, yeah. So like the the reason the G string's so hard um, is because when you get thicker with just like a, a plain steel string, just like yeah. plain steel wire. The thicker that string is across a certain scale length, the less it wants to behave like an ideal string in physics. Um, that's why you need things like wound strings, so that ultimately you have a thinner core wire mm. that's you know doing a lot of that work okay. rather than just a nice thick bar. Um, if you took like a 22 plane, like a huge plane, that on like a 25 and a half inch scale isn't gonna perform perfectly um, in terms of you know actually representing the waveform that it's supposed to. Um, if you stretch it out to like a 10 foot scale length, it'd do great. Yeah. So it's all kind of balancing. So why doesn't things. everybody just do a wound G-string then? Yeah. Um, there's a few reasons. For one, a lot of players, I think, don't find them super flexible. Um, you know, it's when you're bending a lot on that G, that can be a little bit harder. Uh, we overcome that by using a, a thinner one. I think a lot of players are used to seeing a really, really thick wound third. Yeah. Um, that, that is a little bit harder. Something like a wound 18 or a wound 20 yeah. um, is fine. Um, but then cost is another big thing as well. Okay, yeah. and that's well, a wound a string deal. costs way more than a plain string. Plain strings are just wire twisted yeah. around a ball end. Gotcha. Ultimately, you know, mm-hmm. the wound strings are really the the art form that you know that any string company is trying to produce. 
Okay, mm-hmm. man, it's always interesting because you just you just that's always been an issue for guitar players. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're always tuning it up, tuning it down. You kind of you know kind of sharpen that G string a little bit. Mm-hmm. So you, when you play the whole chord, it sounds all in tune. Yep. But when you play it next to another note, you can feel it slightly off. Mm-hmm. And so we we yeah, did so. Uh, an experiment on our YouTube channel a couple weeks ago um, where we made a set of all plain steel strings, but they were the same gauges that you'd normally see. So it was a ten to forty six set. But everything's just a big, you know, steel really? bar. Wow, yeah. that's so um, steel and bar. so it's interesting when you hear that. Once you get down to like that plane forty six, it sounds like a bell, like a gong, because mm-hmm. it, again, it can't. Uh, it, the people at home probably can't hear me doing this. Yeah, way yeah, 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 yeah. But um, <laughs> it, it can't really transmit that. Um, but what's interesting is when you start at the ten on the top and then you work your way down, you can hear more of those kind of gong-like overtones. The thicker you get. The 10 and the 13 are fine. The 17, you start to hear it a little bit. The 26 plane, it's definitely there. The 36 and 46 are unplayable beasts. <laughs> yeah. But you can kind of, you know, if, if you hear that demo, you can kind of see where those things start to happen around the G. It's, it's definitely usable, yeah. but that's where you start to you know, cross that line a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I noticed that on Instagram too, you actually kind of threw that out about people kind of giving testimony to the, mm-hmm. whether you use a wound third or, yeah. you know, straight third. And, and, uh, I was surprised at how many people got involved in the conversation. Oh, yeah. I guess it's a big deal for guitar players. It so. can be. And we love playing thirds too. You know, it's all yeah. what, what works for players. That's definitely our thing is, you know, whatever it is that you want to try, you know, yeah. we're, we're absolutely for it. We try to be kind of agnostic with those things, but we do want to provide those choices so that people can, can check them out. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do you ever get afraid that, 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 uh, getting so much into it pigeonholes you to where, where you can't grow to this huge company, mm-hmm. you have to stay a certain size because that's what you're limited to. Yeah. Or is that not even, uh, you don't even want that to be a concern. Yeah, so I mean, that's kind of always the challenge, and it's something that we do, you know, always look to overcome. You know, every we we grow about seventy percent year on year right now. Wow. So we're we're constantly adding new machines, hiring new people, getting new people to wind strings, and always when you're growing, that's a concern. Of, you know, how do mm-hmm. I keep this quality consistent? You know, if I had one guy on one machine making things all day, it's going to be pretty much that same way all the time. So we definitely have to implement a lot of processes internally in order to keep that, that the same. Um, but in terms of, you know, overall scale for the company, um, you know, it, it might be impossible to really, you know, beat Daddario or somebody like that. You know, that's a half a billion dollar company. Um, but that's not really our goal. You know, I think there's a, there's a lot of room to grow and still be, you know, a little bit smaller than those guys. Yeah. You know, there's, there's, there's so many string companies. It's wild. And a lot of them, have been around for a long time. You know, yeah. GHS has been around since the 60s. DR is one of the newer ones, and they started in 89. Um, so, you know, they, there's a lot of longevity with string brands. So, I mean, for me, it's a little bit less, do I want this company to be worth a half a billion dollars and a little bit mm-hmm. more? Can we, you know, get to a really great size that doesn't allow us to compromise any of our ideals, you know, continue making great quality products, and then just continue serving our players for a long, long time to come. Mm-hmm. You know? Now, once upon a time, there used to be um, or at least it was said, because I come from the retail world, mm-hmm. that uh, people would say, well, there's only two or three Great uh, string yeah. manufacturers, and they make everybody string. Mm-hmm. Talk about that. Yeah. So there, that comes from a time where there was a little bit of truth to that. Um, way <laughs> back in the day, um, you had Darko that was making strings, which is basically like the Daddario family started Darko. They sold it to Martin. And which was started, under Martin, yeah. Yeah, okay. and then they started Jay Daddario in the 70s. Mm-hmm. So they were always making strings, you know, under one brand or another. Um, 
initially, like Labella was always making stuff for the Iomari family, mm-hmm. um, and they were making a lot of stuff for a lot of different people. Those were kind of some of the core too back in the '60s. You had uh, Fender bought VZ Squire, so they were making strings too. I don't know if they private labeled or not. And then you had Gibson making stuff as well. So a lot of the brands that you hear today, almost all, almost every brand that I'm aware of, started off having somebody else make their strings for some period of time. You know, yeah. even if that's a year or two, or it might be. 20 years for sure, in some sure. cases. Um, you had companies like Mapes get into it uh, in the late 70s. The DeQuistos got into it, who I own a number of their machines now. Um, so it, it kind of ballooned. I think around the 70s was the point that you see a lot of companies like your Ernie Balls and, G- and GHSs and people like that um, really start to kind of make a name for themselves mm-hmm. in manufacturing. So uh, all that is to say, there was a point probably in the 50s and 60s that that was fairly true. Oh, Black Diamond, sorry. Like there's so many like yeah, there's making lot, stuff yeah. back then as, yeah. as national string uh, in Jersey, but um, there was a point that there was there were a lot fewer, and there's always yeah. been an element of you know new companies pop up, getting somebody else to make their strings for a while, and then eventually Go they buy away. their own machines. Yeah. But it's interesting that myth persists to this day. I have people all the time that are like, "Ain't but one company makes all the strings in the world." There's the string mafia. Yeah. Well, they own them all. That's there's there's something of that, but that's a different thing. Um, but you know, the the thing is, when you look at it, like guitar string machines are expensive, but they're not insanely expensive. Like yeah. not so expensive. They're you don't have to invest a hundred million dollars to make a guitar string plan. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so. There's there's always a point I think for most companies that you're like we need to bring this in house if we want to be able to make our own stuff and you know get our costs down and all yeah. that. Yeah. So th- these th- days there are, to my knowledge, I can think of 13 companies that make electric and acoustic guitar strings in the U.S. right now. Okay, uh, so there's more than I thought. Yeah, fewer than there are brands. Yes, for sure. Yes. Um, and a lot of those earlier companies, you know, Fender sold off their plant forever ago. Gibson shut down the Elgin plant in the mid 2000s at some point. Mm-hmm. So some of those guys stopped making them, and then you know other companies make those sure. brand names hmm. now. Great. So there's there's some truth to it in that, you know, there's not nearly as manufacture, many manufacturers as there are brands. Mm-hmm. And for me, you know, when I'm on the inside and I know who makes things and who doesn't, it's super annoying how many brands there are out there that are like, <laughs> these strings are the finest quality strings anyone's ever made. And I'm like, the, I know where you're getting them from, and yeah. I know they're not making them special exactly. for you. Yeah. They're just the same things yeah. that you know they use in their regular package. Well, everybody sets. has the best strings, just exactly. Ask them. Yeah. And, 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 and you know, honestly, uh, and I don't mean to vent or anything, but um, I've got a lot of friends in the, the string industry, and I've seen a number of their plants. Um, and you know, all of them, you go to their website, and they're like, the finest quality strings in the world. And then, you know, I get there and I talk to their winders and like, hey, you know, what do you, uh, why, why do you do it that way? Like, you see that kind of wobble that's on that bass string? Uh, do you ever worry about that? You know, that's something we don't like to see. Uh, and then the, the answer is always the same. Like, oh, well, no customer's ever complained. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're like, the finest quality string. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess world. my reason for bringing that up yeah. is that, does that just leave a ton of room for you to build the highest quality string I think truly so. in the industry. Yeah, I think I think so. There there certainly I, I think every company, you know, wants to make a great product, but it's always like like with anything, if you look at like a recording interface, uh, for a hundred dollars I can get a recording interface that'll get me like eighty percent of the way to like a mm. great studio record. Mm. Um, to get ninety percent I might have to spend two grand. Mm-hmm. To get ninety five percent it might be ten grand. To get to a hundred percent I've got to like build a whole studio, retreat it. Yeah, like, get all of my electricity, you know, Mm -hmm. isolated. You know, there's always that point that, like, to get a little bit better, it starts to compound. It starts to be quite a bit more. And that's definitely the case with strings. You know, you can make a pretty darn good set of strings 
sell it for five bucks, you know, mm-hmm. or, or sell it 12. And that's to get, you know, even better, better. but it's not, it's not like it's like four times better. You know, it's, it's hard to quantify in yeah. that way. On your website, you actually use the word old school. So yeah. you're not necessarily incorporating anything new within in the science. Mm-hmm. You're just you're using old proven old school science. You're just building it correctly. So yes and no. Yeah, there, there's definitely some new things we've integrated in terms of how we've modified our, our machinery to work, um, and, and in terms of you know what our core to cover ratios and all that all that sort of things are. Yeah. Um, but in terms of why they're really better, it's an old school approach of just we make them more slowly. We take more time. Yeah. You know. Um, we, we, we take that time that other companies couldn't because they couldn't meet their quotas. You know, it becomes a very different game at that scale. Yeah. Um, whereas for us, it's, it's nothing more than really, really caring about a thing and trying to make it great. Yeah. You know? Okay. Very cool. What percentage of the guitar players out there do you find really notice this? Mm-hmm. Um, because, that, you know, there's probably, and I'm making up numbers here, 80% of the guitar players out there, they just they don't care. Sure. Give me a pack of strings. Um, so what, what is that number? I mm-hmm. mean, because you're catering to a small market, mm-hmm. but you're trying to open up that market to a large market and expose the truth to a lot of players totally. to obviously grow your market mm-hmm. share. So how do you combat that? I mean, because some people just say, I don't care. How much is it? Yep. The price is what they're concerned mm-hmm. with. I've been pr- playing this brand for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Why should I play your brand? And then totally. when you when you talk about the technology that you're being accurate mm-hmm. with on it, and they're like, ah, everybody says that. Yep. So how do, how do you deal with that? Totally. So, I mean, it's hard to quantify industry-wide um, because, you know, we only get to see the people that do give us a shot, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, anecdotally, it's absolutely shocking how many people are, are willing to give another manufacturer a chance. I Which think, is crazy because yeah. brand loyalty is a big deal. It is. you know. And, and when I got into it, I was thinking, and other people that I asked that had experimented with strings before always said, you know, you can't peel, peel people away from you know, Ernie and the Dario and the other huge guys in the industry. Um, and that's not been our experience at all. We, we've found that, you know, really like showing them what our value is that we offer and, and the level of customer service we can offer and the quality of our product gets a lot of people intrigued and they're absolutely willing to try it. Uh, and we sure. see a greater than 50% uh, metric on people that try our strings becoming regular, like full-time users really? of our strings. Yeah, which really? is one of the most important numbers in business to sure, me. Sure, sure. You know, it'll never be 100%. You know, you look at like a lot of e-commerce clothing and stuff mm-hmm. and reorder rates are like 3% of people that place an order are going to order again. Um, so to be above 50 makes us it's really amazing. It's impressive. You know? yeah. And it's not that the other 50 are... We almost never hear anything negative. It's it's almost always, you know, like, these were definitely really good. Um, I get sets for $4 a pack, and so, you know. Comes back yeah, to yeah, price. It might, yeah. might just make sense there. And that's fine. You know, not everybody's going to be able to make that jump. Yeah. Um, but we've had no struggles, you know, in, in finding people. And, and, you know, once we share it with them and they get to play things on their guitar, you know, they're, they're generally pretty elated with it, which is exciting, you know. Okay. That's Have you, uh, and of course, you know, growing up, I mean, I played Ernie Ball all mm-hmm. the time. I mean, that's it. I think I bought, you know, I don't know how many packs of Ernie Ball strings oh, gotcha. I bought over the years from when I started playing. And, In my uh, parents' basement, I still have, I, I kept collected all my old Daddario or Daddario um, 
packages because they have With all the layer points. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've got just a box full of them there, which is crazy. So I'm, I'm the yeah, same yeah. way. Yeah. Well, and loyalty, like I said, loyalty is always a big deal because when I walked into a store, I always saw the racks of you know all yep. the different brands and you know even Dean Markley back yeah. then. Yeah. You know, mine was just loyalty to Ernie Ball because they gave us free shirts. Oh, well, and yeah, hats. there you go. So when I worked that helps. Yeah. <laughs> as a drummer, I was like, I don't give a crap about yeah. strings. Yeah, but I need but a I shirt. Like t-shirts. I need a hat. <laughs> yeah, but but and but a lot of those companies relied a lot on artist endorsements. Yes. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Have you? Do you guys have you done that? You've gotten your uh, self in the in with artists. We that do really a bit buy of into your Yeah, we, we we do a bit of it. We have a, a shocking number of artists that secretly play our stuff because they're endorsed <laughs> by one of the big guys and are like, "I like yours better," that's but funny. they pay me X number yeah. of dollars a quarter. Yeah, that's we see funny. a lot of that. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I I try to only really throw my weight into something that I know I can win. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and something like that, you know, almost everyone's kind of bought. Like, and no matter what happens, you know. Uh, Ray Vaughn never will have played our strings. <laughs> no yeah, yeah. Matter, no matter what we yeah. do, you know, you can't you can undo that. You could start that lore out there yep. that he actually played your strings. Yep. That'd be great. One thing I think is funny, um, and, and and it's interesting because people always, you know, it's, it's natural to look to big players and be like, what do they use? You know, if it's good enough for them, it's good enough for me. One thing people, I think, miss is that a lot of what, the difference between different brands of strings has to do with longevity of the set of strings yeah. more than anything. Um, and so... When you look at uh, you know a lot of those big companies that'll send an artist hundreds of sets of strings, yeah. uh, that artist has twelve guitars they use at a show, and they have a tech that restrings them all before every single show. So at most, one of their sets of strings is going to be played for three songs. And the truth is, a lot of those big guys, their strings sound great for three songs. It's yeah. the fourth song they start to fall sure, apart. Sure. <laughs> um, and so for those big guys, that's perfect. You know, that, that's absolutely sufficient when you're absolutely just blowing through them like that. It's not really a big deal. Whereas for you know other players that like to get you know a couple of gigs out of a set of strings or longer, yeah. it's a very different game. So so I've always found that kind of fascinating. That for the regular player, it's it's a totally different yeah. thing than the artist. Now it's not to say we don't have a lot of artists that still just value just the straight up you know tone and sound and feel of our strings in its own right. Um, but yeah, for me that's not the you know the the big move. You know a lot of those guys I think they probably have twenty thousand thirty thousand artists. Uh, yeah. You know that that all get hundreds of sets of strings, you know, whenever they it's want. It's a good it. way for you to go broke as it, a small it sure company. Is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. And and it makes one wonder, you know, when you look at those big guys that uh and, and I don't want to talk bad of anyone, but that are sending out hundreds of sets of strings to anybody that starts touring in a band, you know, it makes you wonder how much those strings really cost them to make in the first place. Sure. Yeah, and who's sure. really eating the the price at the end of the day because, you know, yeah. if all those guys are getting everything for free, that's obviously getting forwarded down to the the consumers sure, the one that's sure. paying for, you know, Somebody's yeah. got Joe Rockstar to, to get not, his free It's strings. not free for everybody. Exactly. Yeah. It's all, you know, the, the prices get adjusted so that you can give X number of product away mm-hmm. for free. Um, so for us, that's a little bit less the game, yeah. I would say. You know, it, we definitely focus on it, but it's not like, our big focus. So who is some of your main customers? I mean, uh, or some of the main players that use your product? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, my favorite two, I think, Oh, I shouldn't say that. No. Um, two of the ones I'm most excited for are Ariel Posen and Joey Landreth that are like playing really amazing slide stuff. Mm -hmm. I bring them up because they both play really unique sets and that's how they found us. Um, they found us just as customers before they were, you know, their star was rising in the guitar mm-hmm. world. Yeah. Uh, Joey plays 19s um, for slide. He plays a 19 to 64 set. Um, Ariel plays a 17 to 64 set. Um, so folks like that, I really like to talk about because it's just 
they found us because they needed something really unique and nobody else could do it. For that they do, and, huh? and slide really helps too. Yeah. See, as a drummer, I Appreciate know it. that the '64 is heavy gauge. But anyways, oh yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I had to throw that in. But for us, you know, we we really in our marketing and everything, you know, you don't see any us really focusing on like this big guy uses them, so you should sure. too. It's absolutely more like what are your unique needs? You know, here's how our strings can make those better for you oh, because your needs are a little strings, bit different. Exactly. Yeah. You know, but do you even stuff. need to be, do you even need to worry about it? I mean, seriously. In terms of artist stuff? Yeah. I, I try and, not and, to and really. I kind of let people I mean, come to us. Because it that, seems like, you, you know, from what I see and what I've read, you're, that your niche is, is just putting out a good quality product, mm-hmm. um, caring about the uh, the product and servicing the customer. Yeah. So the, outside of that, does it even matter? That's I don't think so. That, yeah. That's how I view it exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's... As long as we do those things right, you know, we, we continue to see, you know, fairly astronomical growth year over yeah. year, um, mm-hmm. which obviously makes me really happy. Sure. Um, and you guys have been in business how long? Four or five, for five years, years now. Five. Yeah. So and I mean, that first year we cut. did, you know, $50,000, $60,000 yeah. just in my attic. Right? But, but that's yeah. big numbers. Yeah. So. Yeah. And now yeah. now there's 12 employees that work at our shop and we make everything in-house. And, you know, it's it's, yeah. it's a very different game. And, you know, we'll probably have 20 here in six months. Wow. So it's it's a, a fast growth thing. I think we're managing it really well and keeping that service and that qual- that product quality exactly yeah. where it needs to be. But what makes me happy is that the growth is not only new customers coming in, which a lot happen yeah. you know, all the time, but you know people that try the stuff just coming back and becoming loyal customers. You know that's that's what proves the model to me. Yeah. yeah. You know anyone can sell something to people the first time if your marketing's sure. really glitzy and all that. But yeah. for them to keep using it, especially if it costs a little bit more, um, it has to be really good. Yeah. Then does something that I'm curious about is your the way you move product. Yeah. Is it? Do you have distributors? Mm-hmm. You do have distributors. Well, so yeah. So we sell direct on our website, um, but then we also sell through retail. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, our distributor is Mass Distro or M A S Distro. Mm-hmm. Um, Sayer Payne does that work. He works a lot with pedal brands. He did Klon for a long time. Gotcha. And career amps and all those. Um, I was really excited to start working with him. It's been about year and a half or two years now that we've been working together because a lot of the big distributors again are you know kind of repping every sure. every brand so i whoever i'm working with on on a retail side they're representing our message and they're taking that out to to shops okay. so I, I felt like you know having a distributor that's like selling 10 different brands of strings probably wouldn't really be yeah. able to tell our story effectively so i i found sayer as somebody that was working more in the pedal and amp game um, and it was like you don't have and a dog. Quality in the pedals fight. and amps too. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, really, really very great boutique, stuff. very well built yep. stuff. Yeah, Greer and Alexander and those guys. Um, and so I was like, Spaceman. Yep, yeah. exactly. Yeah, he's adding more brands all the time. Um, so I was like, you are the messenger that I want. You know, the person that like tells somebody about a Klon Centaur or yeah. something. You know, mm-hmm. is the person I want them mentioning our strings and not having. You know, another dog in the fight of being like, these are good and so are these, you know, but yeah. really just being able to deliver our core message. Um, so they represent us to dealers worldwide, and then we use distributors in other countries as well as, as needed, you know, mm-hmm. just to kind of fill so in how the So, how do music store, and, and again, I come from the retail background, mm-hmm. so I'm going to talk music stores. How do they find out? How, why, why do they want to carry your product? Yeah. How do they find out? Should they care? Because, I mean, you, you know, and I'm sure you understand this, mm-hmm. a lot of these guys, they've got so much going on, they've totally. got so much on their table. Mm-hmm. You know, why take on another string company? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So I, I think a lot of them see it from our marketing. We market pretty aggressively online. Um, so, you know, they hear about it or they'll hear that their players are already playing our strings. One thing that's nice is because we do sell a lot direct as well, we have players in every market, you know, whether we have a store in that market or not. So a lot okay. of times what happens is, you know, we'll have 
20 or 30 players in, say, Portland or something, you know, and then they start to, you know, talk up the, sh- the shops there and let them know that they're playing strings from these guys. Yeah. And so then we hear from those guys of like, hey, a bunch of my <laughs> customers are playing your stuff. Yeah. Uh, can I get them here in the shop so that I can get these guys coming back in the shop every two weeks and maybe sell them a pedal or something? Yeah, yeah. Um, which I love, you know. And, sure. and, and one thing we've seen is even though we do sell direct, um, almost every time this has happened and we've moved into a, a retailer for that very reason, those customers start buying from that retailer instead of through us. Isn't that um, which preferred? I yeah. Isn't that preferred? Because I mean, I, I would just think somebody calls in and they want six packs, mm-hmm. or or a music store that wants sixty packs. Sure, yeah. You'd much rather do that. And it, it we like know. them both. You know, yeah. we we don't mind selling one set to somebody. I, I get excited by the potential to add any new customer, regardless gotcha. of the scale, for sure. Um, but it's definitely lovely having a store that we have there, especially because, you know, there's strings. So somebody might break a string and be like, Hey, I've got a gig I need tomorrow. Some. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And, sure. and we'll, we've expressed things out to people a lot, you know, to, to get something to them in time for the gig, but it's a lot easier when they can go to the guitar store and sure. check up another set. Now, you do know? you sell a lot of singles as well or online? The music we stores? do in, in the online. music store, largely sets. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, the, the whole dealer side initially, like I said, we started online. So, you know, we weren't. I wasn't sure if I wanted to go that way or not. Um, you know, maybe just stick out with e-commerce. But I, I've been so glad that we've, you know, been able to to get a foothold in that side because yeah. uh, Sayer really focuses on quality stores rather than just trying to get into, you know, every single store that yeah, could sure possibly thing. take us. You know, um, so we tend to be more in the stores that you know people like to go in and hang out at and yeah. talk to the guys that work gotcha. there and see what what pedals they're digging, what strings they're playing, whatever. Yeah. Boutique, um, yeah. boutique type shops. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and 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 we'll we'll look to be in all you know eventually all stores, mm-hmm. but we're kind of starting there because those are the ones that are just great at spreading the message. You yeah, know? and they're we, a little more cutting edge. Totally. You know, coolest coolest new brands of guitars, pedals, yep. amps, and such. Yeah, know? and we get the people that work there playing our stuff. Yeah, you know, and then that's huge. That that changes absolutely everything. You know, like you said mm-hmm. with when you were working in retail. You know, if, yeah. if the guy behind the counter is like, I've been really loving these. Absolutely. That's what they go with. Because most people are like, I don't know that I've ever loved strings. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'll give that a shot, you know. And, yeah. and for the end retailer, um, you know, the fact that our strings are a little bit more expensive certainly offers them more margin at the end of the day. It's a great upsell when you're selling mm-hmm. anything else. Or, yeah. you know, yeah. it's, it's a pretty easy thing to be like, oh, you're trying those. Why not try these, um, you know, and make a couple more bucks, which I think really adds up when you look at a store at scale, Absolutely. you know. Now we're talking guitar strings, but you also have bass strings. Yeah. Mm. Um, tell us about the different lines. You have mandolin, banjo. Do we do don't have that? those yet, but we will soon. Yeah, we, we guitar, bass, and well, acoustic I hope you guitar don't, focus. <laughs> because I think, uh, as the joke is, what's a, a thousand banjos in the middle of the ocean? A good start. Um, that kind of lets you know my love. For, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> I love I got to watch what I say, because, you know, once we record this, it... Uh, banjo players have feelings, too. You're going to start exactly. picking outside yeah. Yeah. So, we, so we've got bass strings mm-hmm. guitar strings bass electric and acoustic, acoustic. right now mm-hmm. okay yeah and there's a lot of more things to add we both want to add more lines um you know under the existing categories that mm-hmm. we have we have a lot of requests for flat wounds uh, we'll be doing pure nickel round core strings soon that are going to be awesome um but then we've also got people that play pedal steel and banjo and mando wow. and all that okay. sort of stuff um, I've got this long master list that I adjust mm-hmm. when I get votes from people over email, mm-hmm. um, and and it it goes right now for there's about like 35 rows of different product wow. categories we need to get into. So it's it's awesome that My we have goodness. that demand for yeah. us. Uh, we never like to jump into something until I'm sure that we can do it really really well. Or I, else, I, I like the that. Point, you yeah. Know? yeah, I like that. Um, so like with flat wounds, we've been working on R and Ding flat wounds for over a year now, and we will come out with them, but. 
not ready right, yet. Yeah, right now they're they're not bad, but I don't feel confident that I can be like these are absolutely bar none better than anything else you can get out there. Gotcha. And until yeah. I can do that, what's the point? Because yeah, they, they'll probably because we're small and the way that we make stuff, they'll probably be a bit higher priced than the other options. Mm-hmm. So if they're not better, then what's what's the point? You know, just yeah. just buy those. <laughs> absolutely, I like that. Yeah. Obviously, seven, eight string, nine string. Yeah, sets yeah, we do a lot anything. of that. Yeah, we make up to ninety for electric, and I think soon we'll be extending that to up to one twenty. For electric, which is a base low B, yeah. basically. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's a fun market. We, <laughs> when, when I first started, uh, like I said, I was just you know kind of doing stuff uh, custom before we started adding our, our balance sets and a lot of stuff that we sell more now. Yeah. But early on, part of the reason that it, it exploded well was because metal guys started hitting me up, yeah. being like, "Hey, I know you said like custom strings. I see they only go up to fifty six, and I'm like, oh yeah, what do you need? You know, like a, an eighty. Like why? <laughs> and <laughs> they're like, the oh point? well, I play eight string yeah. guitar, which I wasn't really familiar with, yeah, sure. but you know, back in two thousand fourteen. Um, and so you know, I was like, well, all right, <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll figure it out and we'll make some. So we started, and uh, those guys were the easiest sell, you know, because for for the other players, it's much more talking about quality and service and all that sort of stuff. Whereas for the seven and eight string players, they're like, oh, I don't give a damn. I can't get the string that I, I just yeah. need. It. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, just give it to me. That's fine. <laughs> mm. So so yeah, that that really like was a great vector for us right at the beginning. We, we've kept a lot of it, but early on. I was like, I guess I got to get really into into metal. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, do, do you build for any guitar uh, builders? Yeah, yeah. We work with a lot of smaller scale, scale luthiers. Okay. Um, as well, uh, Baum Guitars is one of my favorite, but a lot a lot of really small people all around. Gotcha. Um, some larger stuff we've been knocking on the door on this year. Nothing like completely signed yet, but like more of your your middle tier tier people that are probably okay, putting cool. out 100, 200 guitars a month. Um, and we're looking to expand that program even more. What we're finding right now is it's like the sweetest deal for everybody. Um, we offer a wholesale price to those luthiers. They get you know strings that are even better than what they're getting elsewhere for mm-hmm. a cheaper price. And then we give them a lot of marketing love on our social media yeah. uh, and a lot of those channels, which are pretty large for us. Um, so we're able to get a lot of eyeballs on their guitars. And it works great for us because we're like, check out this amazing guitar. And the guy who builds it will only trust it with our strings. You know? wow. yeah. So it, yeah. it just works out well for absolutely everybody. So I, I'm looking to expand that a lot uh, into 2020. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Now, so you said you have about 12 employees right now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and you're growing how much a year? About 60 to 70%. Yeah, it was 70% last incredible? year. We'll see We'll see how Q4 this year goes, whether it'll be 60 or 70. I'm yeah. pushing for the 70 again. Yeah. Um, yeah, so a, a lot of growth for a small company, um, but not also too much. You know, we could grow gotcha. even more if I wanted to just, like, absolutely dump everything in you know we're not like a silicon valley startup where we're sure. like we just sure. lose but does that billions take you away does that take you away from actually the <laughs> art of string making and more into the day-to-day grind of dealing with employees because oh, i deal for with my a, life yeah yeah I, I deal with a lot of employees and i'll be honest with you there's some days where i'm like shoot me you know <laughs> so i mean do you worry about that do you have somebody helping you with that what's that look like yeah so i i've got two managers underneath me that then manage our operations part uh, which is everything production packing shipping all mm-hmm. that sort of stuff um like sorry by production i mean like actually putting the strings into sets and all that yeah, sort yeah. of side um and then i have a production manager that manages actually making the strings themselves um so for me i i don't get to make strings too much during the day mm. um i'll get to do a lot of r&d back there not every day but when i can that that's much more my thing that i'll be really working on something so everything has my fingerprints on it once it goes into production yeah. but yeah I'm, I'm not sitting there making strings all day yeah what do you um, enjoy, enjoy most 
I mean, Ooh. on a day. When you wake up in the morning and you get to go to work, mm-hmm. I mean, because that's what you, you get to go to work. You get to go to your company, which has got to be an awesome feeling mm-hmm. most oh, of yeah. the time. Some days I'm sure you're probably like, man, I want to go golfing. Oh, no, uh, I love all of it. I, okay, I, so what is your favorite part of your day? I, I enjoy literally all of it. I, marketing's always been a passion of mine. That's what I was always doing before I got into this world, and I yeah. think that's really benefited us a lot. Um, so I definitely enjoy everything on that angle. And when you talk when you talk marketing, yeah. explain exactly. Totally. So, so everybody listening knows the different platforms that you yeah. advertise and what you Absolutely. do. Absolutely. So about we, that. we do a lot on Facebook and Instagram. Um, that, that's kind of my my superpower. I when I started, I was doing a lot of client work for other people, consulting mm-hmm. on that side. Um, so a lot of paid traffic that way. Um, we we get a specific ROI for every dollar we we put in. We look for two point six to three dollars out. Um, so we're able to advertise a lot because we profit when we do, um, mm-hmm. which is also what benefits stores even when we're you know selling direct sure. and advertising that because it trickles down. Yeah. Um, so so that side we do a lot on YouTube, <clears throat> um, just in terms of organic stuff, launching uh, videos and stuff, both to inform and educate the consumer and also show people how we make strings. And and we just started our, our channel called the R and D Lab where we try to make cry- crazy sets like the all plane oh, set cool. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so that's really fun. Uh, email marketing is a big thing. We have a blog that we, you know, regularly kind of update and publish. And um, a lot of keywords when you search were the first thing that you you find. You know, if you're looking for info on a wound third, I think we're like the first two things. Oh wow! Yeah. Um, so we really try to be um, both a push and pull. We both try to uh, educate the customer intentionally by telling them like, here's something you don't probably know about, but let me yeah. tell you about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but also be the resource that's there for when they're looking about something they heard from somewhere else, like a wound third or something like that. I've, um, I've heard through uh, another person that you've mastered the algorithms of Google. <laughs> I do okay. I like to think so. <laughs> yeah, these days it's all, you know, the Google algorithm, the the Instagram and Facebook algorithms. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, that could be hocus pocus and witchcraft right there. all there to try to make sure everything's being seen there. Yeah. You know, Instagram was a big channel for us when we started um, with getting a ton of organic growth yeah. there. And we used that to get a lot of our initial kind of customer base. Yeah, that one where you did on the Wound Third, man. I think when I watched it, I think you had like 21,000 views wow. on yeah. it. So, yeah, that's I mean, great. That's, no, that's a, that's a great mm-hmm. return. Yeah, I mean, we've got some YouTube videos with 300,000 views and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, a lot of different channels. There. So what's what's what are you doing? I mean, because most of the time uh, with with a lot of companies, they just have a hot chick on there, and, <laughs> and that gets a lot of eyes to to view it. But what are you doing? I, I think the trick is consistency over time, more than anything. Okay. Um, you know, we we've kind of trained our audience to expect a certain type of content that's gotcha. Hopefully entertaining, but also fairly informative. Yeah. Um, and you know, we've got a very large email base as well as social media uh, followings. So whenever we launch a piece of content, be it a blog post or YouTube video or whatever, we have an audience we can, already. Yeah, we can yeah. push to that existing audience, and then they'll share it with their friends. Um, so you know, it's it's been doing that sort of stuff right from the beginning. I, I think one thing that helps a lot though is. Our content on there is is very personal. A yeah. lot of times, it's just me talking at it. it. It's DIY. It's not expensive for us to produce. It's, yeah. it's just a high quality thing that's me, and and I think that that uh, that want. stands out. Yeah, and it super stands out versus you know a, a lot of companies that are just now kind of getting into that world will spend clearly like twenty grand putting together this mm-hmm. awesome video that's like check out ex artists, you know, like yeah. playing with it. Like, and, and that's awesome. Mm-hmm. We can't do it because we're small, yeah. but I think it benefits us even more to let people get to know the company. You know, yeah. you don't really get to sit down 
with the owners of a lot of those companies and videos, unless there's like a PR person probably behind the camera sa- saying, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> what you yeah. can and can't answer. Um, so, you know, being a small company that people can get to know and have a relationship with, whether they're just emailing me and asking mm. for like, what string should I play? Um, or, you know, watching our videos and learning about top rapping on a Les Paul or something like that, mm. you know. Um, I, I don't think other companies really offer that chance to the the consumer to really get involved in the the product line and the family and learn a lot mm-hmm. through it and you know kind of get to know the people behind it. Gotcha. Yeah. So musically, what do you do today? I yeah. mean, because has that taken you away from music? It has. It has. Uh, and, <laughs> and stuff like this. So let's back up and talk about what, what are you doing, man? Yeah. What, what so you got going on. I definitely when I started the company, once it kind of started taking off. I mean, initially I was bartending at night too, so I was just mm-hmm. going all day. So I. I hardly got to play guitar for the first year or two, I feel like. Um, But that's kind of started to pick up a lot more now. Now I I, I definitely work like crazy from 8 in the morning to 6 p.m. or something some days. But I've got time outside of that. So i actually been playing a lot of bass lately. Um, I've always been a guitarist and a bassist. um, And I usually will like get really into one for three, six months and then jump back to the mm-hmm. other one. Yeah. Um, but I've been doing a lot of bass stuff. I got this 32-inch uh, Japanese uh, jazz bass. Yeah. That, like, they're kind of hard to find, the the medium-scale ones. I had to import one from Japan. Oh, wow. Uh, and that thing's just absolutely magical. Those, what do you like, like about it? I mean, The two-inch scale difference makes a, a huge difference. I yeah. can just fly all around the fretboard. It's okay. like, it's the length. We were talking about string length and how they resonate earlier. <clears throat> On a 30-inch short scale, like a Mustang bass, they're sweet, but I can tell a sonic difference yeah. uh, with you know how the strings are resonating. They're always a lot more kind floppy. of pizzicato-y. Yeah, and, and yeah. floppy for sure. Yeah. The 32-inch, I think, bridges that gap. You, you mm-hmm. The low E actually sounds kind of full and powerful, but I can still, but it still fits fly right. around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I'm not like 6'8 or anything, so I feel like I need... Some a little smaller here. Yeah, I'm not like five three or anything, but like I, I like when I can, you know, yeah. fly all around a fretboard, yeah. you know. So I, I've been doing a lot of that. I'm a big pedal nerd, uh, and I know a lot of guys in that world. So I get people to. It's the best part of my job. People just send me pedals to check oh, out cool. all the time. Yeah. So a lot of it's me, uh, just experimenting and making weird sounds. You know, when I I started in guitar, like Slash was my hero when Uh-oh. I was a kid. Oh yeah, I in sixth grade I dressed but, up as Slash for Halloween. Oh wow, well, that was that was a little farther than I have. <laughs> yeah, wow. Were you a Slash fan as well? Oh yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was actually I didn't even that was the whole reason why I played Ernie Ball. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and he, he's a huge guy in that regard. Who knows if he actually even played him, but he was in the picture. I think he does, but yeah, yeah he's still yeah. on like all, all that stuff. Uh, so I loved him, and then when I got maybe 16, 17, I started getting more into like Kevin Shields, My Bloody Valentine, and Tom Morello, and people that are like more using their guitar as something to hit with a tree stump and yeah. see what sort of sounds come out. <laughs> yeah. Um, I and, just and got turned on My Bloody that. Valentine actually just mm-hmm. recently by uh, a friend of mine, uh, oh, so uh, Danny Lopez, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, crazy stuff absolutely yeah i I love the guitar as a textural piece in a band Mm. for me because i especially these days i'm not like a whiz at solos i was once when i was really into slash but since then i've completely let that muscle atrophy uh, and i just like to make a really cool sound that can fit into a a certain part um but musically i I don't get a chance to really gig these days that's Mm. the one thing i i've been sharpening my my skills enough that i might you know kind of be able to get into that world but the tough part is in nashville it's kind of hard to find like a band that you just get to play in and play around Nashville. You know, sure. every yeah. band I've got friends that are like, "Hey, we could use a player here," 
But, you know, once you get to talking to them, they're like, yeah, well, we are hoping to go out on a tour, you know, oh, next yeah. summer we'll or whatever. practice six days a week. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I got a job. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> yeah. out on tour. Um, I, I can't do yeah. that. So, you know, it, it's just for fun. But I will say when I was a kid, uh, all of it was about, you know, I wanted to do music for a living. And, you know, it almost took a little bit of the joy away from it then because it was all like, how am I going to make this work? You know, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be huge. Um, and now I just... I just get. I don't want to be that. I just want to but play you get the guitar to do for music enjoyment for a living. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. You know. So it's it's, it's the best of all different. the worlds yeah. for me. Yep. Yeah. So I I absolutely I love it. It's 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 the nice balance of I get to exercise my business brain but still be in the music gotcha. world. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. So guitar players outside of Slash, <laughs> who, who do you who are you into? Well, Kevin Shields, Tom Morello, those guys are probably huge ones. Johnny Marr from the Smiths um, is a really big thing. I really love Isaac Brock um, from Modest Mouse. Um, a lot of Modest indie stuff. Mouse. In that I haven't world. heard that one in a oh, while. Oh yeah, they're they're still still doing it. They're super good. Are they really? Uh, yeah yeah. yeah. Um, but a lot of those guys these days. I mean, there's de- when I was younger, it was definitely like Jimmy Page and, and those sorts the of cats. The staple ones. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, and those guys are still great. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I gave up I, trying to play that well a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, though, Tom Morello is probably the last guitar player that was like seemed like, oh, my gosh, that's Like a superstar. No- sort of, yeah, that yeah. No- nobody does that and yeah. doesn't like that. Yeah, where, like, was, somebody that doesn't play guitar would hear mm-hmm. a song and be like, what the heck is that, you yeah. know, on the guitar solo? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. There's, those aren't a huge thing these days, guitar solos, which, which I'm fine with, I, you know. Yeah, well, even just the rhythmic stuff that he did. Oh, yeah. It's just insane. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, yeah, you guys. I had I, mentioned, you know, wanting to talk a little bit about direct stuff. Do we have the time to? Yeah, absolutely. To, I think that'd be an interesting topic for uh, dealers. You know, we we definitely early on when we started looking at working with dealers had some concern from people of mm-hmm. like, you guys sell direct, the other string companies don't. Why are they going to buy from me and not just go to you? Yeah. Um, and and that's a great valid point. You know, I, I think we found a really nice symbiosis that helps kind of both sides. You know, for one, obviously, if somebody we, we, we have map pricing, so everything's the same pricing everywhere. We don't undercut our dealers ever. Interesting. We don't, we don't offer discounts or anything okay. like that. Um, so they're always paying the same price. If they buy from us, they get free shipping over 20 bucks. but if it's just one set, they're going to pay 3 bucks shipping on sure. top of it. So it's always going to be cheaper to get one set from a dealer than it is from us. Yeah. Uh, but beyond that, even if you're getting two or three sets, you know they have to wait for the mail <laughs> for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas you know going to a dealer and just being able to grab something is great. And like players love to be able to go into guitar stores and check out new things yeah. and play around and buy a pack of strings. It's a great thing. Um, but what we've really found is that um, being able to be direct and market accordingly enables us to be a lot more powerful with our marketing that trickles down to the dealer, like I was saying mm-hmm. earlier. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're not just buying magazine ads and being like, I guess we did it. You know, we, we have very data-driven marketing that looks to drive ROI. And because of that, we're able to put as much money into it as we want to. That's why we can kind of grow so fast, mm-hmm. because we profit when we put money in. Um, but not all the people that see an ad are going to go to our site and buy. A lot of them are going to go to a dealer and ask yeah. if they have it, yeah. um, or they'll just kind of bookmark it in there. And next time they see something in person, um, they might go ahead and grab it. Mm-hmm. So you know, for those reasons, it, it, it's really, really worked out well having that sort of symbiosis again uh, mm-hmm. between them. The other thing that I love that I think gives us a huge advantage 
um, is that because we sell direct, we have a really direct line to our customers. Um, a lot of those customers, like a lot buy through dealers, but a lot of them that buy from us, they'll email me all the time and you know just share their feedback on something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we've gotten to identify problems that I think other companies would never get to know about. You and know, like give us an example. Yeah. So a couple of years ago, we had we have a 54 on the bottom gauge of our light gauge acoustic string mm-hmm. uh, set, our bronze set. Um, we had where like it wasn't on all of them, but like maybe one out of every three players would write us for a period of time. And be like, hey, it sounds, sounds kind of dead. It's not really resonating the one the way I want it to. So I was able to R&D that, and we went with a thinner core on that string okay. um, in order to give it more of that resonance that mm-hmm. we wanted. And it's been fixed since then. But that would never get back to any other other people. Like, like I said, my other friends in the industry, when I've gone to their shops and asked them about quality things, like, why do you do it this way? They're usually, well, this is how we do it. I'm like, well, you know, have any players said anything? And they're like, well, we don't know. Yeah. And that's because, you know, a player buys a set from a store. Yeah. If something's weird or just not perfect, they have to, like, go back to the store, tell the clerk that they bought yeah. it from. That clerk has to care enough to tell In his hopes, boss. Yeah. And that boss has to care to tell the distributor. Yeah. And then the distributor has <laughs> to bother to tell go, yeah, yeah, the I mean, rep and the distributor, and then that person has to tell yeah. the manufacturer. Yeah. So a lot of manufacturers that don't sell direct are completely shielded from any product issues. Yeah. You know, they never hear about it. That person just doesn't buy their set the next time. Mm-hmm. Um the thing that I found is that they'll hear about really good stuff or really bad stuff. You know, if something if something performs absolutely terribly, it'll make it back to them. Or if it's just great, then it will too. Yeah. But for us, the valuable thing hasn't been those things. Somebody being like, "My string broke." Yeah. And it went like, "Well, strings break sometimes." Um, it's more been somebody being like, "You know, I think this set." It sounds great, but it feels like it could use a little bit more mid-range, you know? It's those people that would rate something like 8 out of 10, you know, and be yeah. like, it could be a little bit better. Because I, I get all those, and I get to, you know, play get around play and around, see if yeah. I can actually fix those things. Yeah. Um, and so that just, you know, makes a huge difference in the product quality overall. Mm-hmm. And it's given us this great advantage of being able to work directly with players. Um, and, and that benefits the stores as well, because we have a better quality product yeah. Yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah, and yeah. that's it. Yep. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. Awesome, yeah, man. There's man, I, I, <laughs> for me personally, man, I'm, I'm good. Man. Yeah, I've, I've, I've heard everything. I'm sold. Have I talked well, you mean, into submission? I, actually, yeah. I'm already sold because his strings are on, on, on my guitars. Oh, so, that's awesome. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. but uh, yeah, so we've already no. succeeded. Uh, this is a commercial. For String Joy, I actually play String Joy <laughs> yeah. myself, and you should too. Uh, but um, no, and if I he sends a, me a shirt, I will too. <laughs> that's no, right. I'll put, do that. I'll yeah, set a pack I'm on my kidding. drum set. Yeah. No, uh, but uh, no, they are a great company. I think uh, I mean, so you've got something going on that I just uh, nobody else does. Nobody else does, that. and uh, you know you you get the kind of you get the vibe. You've got the. Um, social media platform where you can literally receive feedback like mm-hmm. you were talking about literally on a in an instant basis yep. that I think uh, that I think most guitar 90% of the guitar players out there are going to appreciate yep. so you know you're delivering a customer service that just a lot of people can't do yeah I think so much yeah well we, we definitely look at it and you know if there's something we can do better yeah we try to do it better you know I, I think it'd be even more effective if we had like one gimmick and we're like, mm-hmm. our strings are made with dragon's blood Scales. or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's the thing. You know, it'd be a lot easier. Whereas for us, it's, you know, we, we really try top yeah. to bottom try to do everything better. gold. Yeah. And we find things that we can do better all the time. We're yeah. never perfect. Nobody is. But, you know, if we find something we can fix... We fix Absolutely. It. You know, I think our strings yeah. are better this year than they were last year, and they'll be better next year than they were this year. You know, it's yeah. 
it's a constant drive for improvement. So let's let's uh, talk uh, a little bit about where customers can find you because obviously there's a lot of people that are listening and going man i've never heard of them Mm -hmm. i've never played them he's got me sold Mm -hmm. i want to i want to do more research about them where can they go what should they do all your social social media and your website give us all your information you got it so uh stringjoy.com is a really great hub for kind of checking everything out Mm -hmm. um there's a dealer's list like right on the top it's on our top banner that you can see any of the stores near you um and, and find anybody or contact them obviously if there's a store that you you love that we're not in, you know, write us. Um, the other easiest way, if you have any questions or anything like that, uh, my email is scott at stringjoy.com, um, S-C-O-T-T at S-T-R-I-N-G-J-O-Y.com. That's wow. Um, write me anytime. A lot of people, you know, will just ask me directly, like, what should I play? Um, and you hey, you're on the site too, yeah. yeah. Um, so those are the easiest ways. On social, we're at stringjoy on almost everything. Facebook.com slash stringjoy, Instagram at stringjoy, YouTube.com slash stringjoy. Um, those are kind of our, our main channels Staples, that we really, yeah. really kind of are active on all the time. Um, so find us anywhere there, connect with us and, you know, ask questions and, and let us find a way to serve you. Awesome. So everybody yeah. out there listening, if you're a music store and you want to add a cool uh, string company, get with Scott, he'll take care of you. And, uh, if you're a listener and just a guitar player and you want to try new strings, Get with Scott. Scott's a man today. That's right. He is the man yeah. today. Hey, I mean, he sells strings just, with dragon blood and everything. That's, well, I just found out he has koozies. We do. I, I, I only have like seven koozies left. He did. I bought like five hundred of them a few did years you? ago. And well, I'm he didn't bring us a, a love oh, package, man. so you know. Yeah, he's got. Oh, I'll, I'll come with a love package yeah. next time. You <laughs> yeah. Man, those love packages are awesome. Well. But yeah, you guys. So you sell picks, and then you, you also. I've actually heard a lot about you have the you know. Oh the, yeah, our, our string conditioner as well. That's a big that's deal too, as well. Crazy, yeah. Um, that's just an all-natural product. It's made from cold-pressed cranberries, if you can believe it. Um, really? And it does an amazing job at just keeping your strings fresh for a long time. We tried to make it. It doesn't feel greasy or anything like those, mm-hmm. like uh, like fast fret or those things that yeah. are really made for meant for shredders. Uh, it just cleans everything off and keeps things alive for a I long time. I thought fast fret was like a like a joke with the first time I ever heard of oh, it. Oh, is that I right? Didn't, I didn't actually know people like sprayed stuff on there so they could go faster. But, well, the, uh, Neil Sean from Journey uses uh, salami. Have you heard of this? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, it's, it's a song. famous what? thing. To uh, what? Why is Neil Sean in a salami? Like, like <laughs> apparently, like that. Didn't he get in trouble for that a couple years ago? <laughs> he got in trouble with his salami. Apparently, yeah. that's that's the or, as legend goes. At least I'll say that. All right. That is the thing that gives him the feel that he likes out of his strings. So he'll like hey, backstage man. have salami and he'll like sink his hands into. He got to be it kidding. To get me. greasy. And like you know, he can just like fly all around the whole. When the fretboard. lights go out in the uh, city, out comes the salami. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I, I heard from somebody that they talked to his tech, and he said like his guitar locker just smells. Oh, jeez! Like, oh, I can't even yeah. imagine like a that's meat locker. Uh, well, that's what you should come out with some spray that uh, smells like salami. salami give it a synthetic <laughs> salami. <laughs> yeah. Alternative. And just send it to him. Call you know. it safe salami. The Neil. Yeah. The Neil Schoen salami spray. <laughs> yeah. Oh, awesome. Dude. All right, we're gonna get in trouble. We, we are. I think yeah, we're past that. But anyway, hey, is there? Anything that we forgot? I mean, anything. I think you covered it, guys. You gave me a chance to, you know, talk okay. at infinitum to everybody. Well, no, that's what we're we like. Wanted, please man. don't let this guy talk anymore. Yeah, no, 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 <laughs> yeah. no. Hey, I mean, I think it was. Only, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. The only thing is, you do have subscriptions too. Like yep. people can pay a, and then they can just absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Which a, a lot of customers like just for convenience. We don't okay. push it for everybody. You know, I, I've had those subscription products that I like. 
St- mm-hmm. You know, I, I still have like 700 razors somewhere, you know, <laughs> yeah. anytime <laughs> I decide to shave. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I don't push it on everybody, but yeah. for some people, they really like okay. that way to, to Well, man, to we appreciate it. Great company. We yeah. love you well, being you so here. Much, and uh, We're yeah. going to have to have you and Charlton in oh, at the same man. time. That'd yeah. be fun. Yeah. We bring your earplugs when the two of us oh, get together. Man. Maybe we could talk about like conspiracy theories or something. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. That'd be real fun. That'd be a fun episode. We'll have to do that. Anyway, Scott, we appreciate it. We appreciate it. Man, thanks lot thank you so much guys it's been a pleasure all right we'll do it again own a music store or sell guitars online need more inventory to stay competitive in today's market mirc is the nation's largest wholesaler of quality used guitars visit www.mircweb.com to become a dealer today thanks for listening to the music retail show